This is Scientific American's Science Talk Podcast. I'm Jeff Delvisio. Today on the podcast, climate change is now even affecting rock and roll. More specifically, the wood that built some of the greatest rock and roll guitars of all time. More on that right after this message from our sponsor. Are you ready to fight the COVID-19 pandemic? Introducing a $4 reliable laboratory antigen test from Beckman Coulter, a leader in clinical diagnostics. With this test, laboratories can now run up to 200 tests per hour, utilizing their current workflow. Find out how you can use the COVID-19 antigen testing at your business, community, hospital, school, or university on a weekly basis and help save lives. Ask your local hospital or reference laboratory about the Beckman Coulter test or go to www.beckmancoulter.com forward slash Siam. That is B-E-C-K-M-A-N-C-O-U-L-T-E-R.com forward slash S-C-I-A-M. And we're back. If you've ever listened to classic rock, you've probably heard of Swampash Guitar. Muddy Waters, Jimmy Page, Bruce Springsteen, they all played Swampash Fender Telecasters. But that wood, and hence that guitar, is now under threat, thanks to climate change. In a piece in the February Scientific American, Andrea Thompson and Priyanka Runwall write, Every winter and spring, Rains across the central U.S. combine with snowmelt along the northern reaches of the Mississippi River to inundate the hardwood-dominated bottomlands of the lower Mississippi. When the floodwaters recede and soils dry up in the summer, logging crews move in. One of their targets has been swamp ash. These wetland trees have thin-walled cells with large gaps between them, creating a low-density wood and some say a special sound that has made it the material of choice for some of the most famous guitar players in rock and roll. Today on the Science Talk Podcast, we chat with Jim Campolongo. He's a veteran guitarist whose recording career started in the mid-1990s. He's probably best known for creating the group The Little Willies with singer-songwriter Nora Jones. Jim talked me through the finer points of Swamp Ash and reflected on the threat it's under on a recent rainy morning, using his 1959 Telecaster top loader to do the teaching. Here's Jim. Hi, Jim Campolongo. This is my 59 Fender Telecaster. And it's the same design as it was in 1950. So it's kind of like if you went to the Indianapolis 500 and saw a couple of Model Ts in the race. This is like a Model T, but the design was so solid that we still play them. Now, one of the things about a Telecaster is this pickup, and that picks up the sound is it's embedded in steel because it was modeled after a, a lap steel guitar, which Fender made before these. And it has a very uh, trebly sound, I guess, for lack of a better word, a very piercing sound, but it's pleasant. Piercing kind of invokes something unpleasant. But you can really manipulate the, the tone knob and the volume knob, for example, I'm going to have my tone all the way off and then put it all the way on and you can get this. So you get a real good train sound. And the volume knob is, is nice too. Uh, 
sound. And uh, so it's a very responsive guitar. The other thing about it, uh, there's many things about it, but is the, it has a, what we call a deep dish here, okay, behind, behind the nut. And over the years, uh, players and with great imagination started to incorporate this section. And that's our nut, and it's called behind the nut. So you could bend a pitch up. And that's all because on a Gibson, there's not enough real estate to really bend down and raise your pitch. On the tune, um, Women make a fool out of me. I use that. I'm not fretting it. And I'm getting that from behind the nut. And that's pretty unique of this guitar. Um, and I've always felt that jazz is really nice on this guitar because if we, let's say, play. So in a lot of ways, I think a Telecaster is a underrated jazz guitar. One other thing that's kind of fun is you can um, play with the tuning pegs. And it's, it, for some reason, it's just really user-friendly. Um, when, when Leo made them, he just got everything that was cheap and accessible. He wanted to make a guitar that there was, uh, all the materials were available. One of the other innovations he made was that it's a bolt-on neck. People didn't do that. He thought, yeah, if you need to get the neck fixed or the guitar fixed, you could just take the neck off. People don't do that too much. I have some friends who travel who do it, but I don't do it. But it's a bolt-on neck. Um, and when it came out, uh, it was $139. Uh, I think the case was another $29. But people made fun of it. They called it a toilet seat cover with a neck on it because uh, it wasn't ornate like all the other guitars of that era. Um, and I think it was the first mass-produced solid body guitar. It's a solid body. That's the term. Uh, Gretsch had messed around with one, Merle Travis, but Leo was the real pioneer who uh, came up with this guitar that guitar players have loved for 70 years. And so why uh, was, were there solid body guitars before this point? Um, was this sort of a relative innovation in terms of what was out there? Um, and you said the toilet seat on the neck. Like, when did people come around? I think pretty quick. Um, the, he had some name players play him, uh, Jimmy Bryant, for example. 
And uh, I think they were sensitive enough to see the attributes of it. There was one guy, um, not a super famous guy, but uh, he switched to a Telecaster and he said, well, it's a good guitar, but it's an excellent weapon. And that was one of the reasons he switched over. I mean, he starts swinging this thing around and you know, you'll clear the stage. And I guess this guy played in some really rough spots, but it, it, it became popular pretty quickly. What's interesting is um, around 1950, uh, the, I think the first model they made was called the Esquire, and it had one pickup. Then Leo made the two pickup model and called it the Broadcaster. But Gretsch had a guitar called the Broadcaster, and so there was some kind of cease and desist thing, and he could no longer put a Broadcaster decal on the headstock. So they made for a while things that are called no-casters because they're a Telecaster without a decal, and those are real rare birds. Um, and then, uh, oh, I wish I could think of his name, the top salesman, uh, Randall is his last name. Uh, he deserves, Don Randall, who was like a top salesman and a real idea man at Fender, came up with, I think he came up with the term Telecaster. And that was in part because television just came out and they wanted to get in on that fad. So Telecaster it is, and they've been making them since 1950. This one's a 59 and uh, it was given to me by a guy named John Jensen. And I think he paid $2,000 for it at the time. This is going back. And I Googled uh, this model. This is a top loader, by the way. Uh, they call it a top loader because usually on a classic telly, the strings go through the body. This one, they go through the bridge. They just made them in 59, one year. And I Googled 59 top loaders this morning, and I saw one for $27,000. So. It makes me wonder if I should leave it laying around when I go for a walk in the park at a gig, but I still do, and I've traveled the world with this guitar in basically a pillowcase, um, and so far so good. It's my guitar, and I want to play it. Um, but anyway, that's kind of this. This uh, that's the story of, of Telecasters. What when you hear that the, the Swamp Ash, you know, that, that makes up the body of, of your Telecaster, um, could be threatened to the point of not being able to make these kinds of guitars anymore. What is that? You know, what, what do you think when you hear that? Well, of course, I think it's a shame. Um, I know Swamp Ash, to my knowledge, has been getting heavier. Um, and the good light uh, swamp ash has been taken. Now, I'm guessing, uh, but pretty close, I think this guitar weighs about six pounds. And when you start getting to eight, nine, 10 pounds, it's, it's over a three hour period. It gets pretty demanding on one's back and your shoulder. I don't like it. I also like a light guitar because well, for lack of a better word, I feel like I dominate it more. Um, if it's light, like I'm the boss. If the thing's, you know, around 10 pounds, I feel like uh, I got a ball and chain on me. So that aspect of the swamp ash is, you know, it's a concrete thing. 
Um, I mean, I kind of look at the bigger picture. I mean, certainly I'm going to miss swamp ash. They, I know pine is okay, uh, but it's not based on the whole history of, of, of the sound we've been listening to. And whether you know it or not, you know, you, you've heard a Telecaster, if you've heard, if you've heard the solo on Stairway to Heaven or uh, Joe Walsh on Hotel California, you've heard a Telecaster that most likely was made out of swamp ash. So there's that precedent set that we're after, and swamp ash is a part of it. That's great. Do you want to maybe play us a little outro? Science Talk Podcast. I'm Jeff Govicio. Yeah, it's like a, instead of kicking ass, it's like a kiss on the forehead. <laughs>